nothing like a, uh, a good political environment to um, kind of challenge us if, with our priorities and the things that are important to us, right? <clears throat> I was um, thinking of something that impacted me greatly when I was a boy. The community I grew up in, our family had been there for many generations, and we were uh, instrumental in helping bring a Methodist church into the region, and it was kind of our family church. And Methodism is, uh, you know, the pastors come and go every so many years. And but this one particular pastor that came. Um, became really good friends with my parents. My parents became good friends with him and his wife. And it came to the point when um, they moved on. I think he was transferred down to North Carolina that my parents stayed close with them and uh, from time to time would um, go and vacation with them together. And I will never forget this one time when we were preparing to go on vacation, <clears throat> I remember getting these instructions from my mother that we're going to stay with the pastor and his wife and that we needed to be on our best behavior. Now, why would she tell me that? I'm like, no. if you knew me, she, you would know why. And so I thought, well, this is going to be interesting, living actually with a pastor and his family. I wonder what that experience is going to be like. And so the day came, we got in the car, and we drove down, and we pulled into the driveway. And before we all got out of the car, my mother felt compelled to give us these instructions one more time. Now, we are going into their house. You better listen to the pastor and his wife and be on your best behavior. So now the pressure was on. So we get out, and we go in, we're greeted. We find our place to stay, unpack our suitcases, and of course me and my brothers and sister were chomping at the bit to go out and play. And before we could head to the door, the pastor's wife said to us kids, now there's something very important I need to tell you. Now I thought to myself, I'm getting ready to hear something that is either one of the secrets of living, I'm getting ready to hear some just unique thing coming from this pastor and his wife, and I started to get a little nervous. What is the message that she is about to give us? And so she puts the call out again for the four of us, and she says, I want you to gather around. I've got something very important to tell you, and she marches us into the bathroom. Now, as a young boy, I'm thinking, okay, this is kind of a strange place to get a awakening word from God in the bathroom. But then again, I've never been this close to a pastor and his wife, so I'm, I'm all ears. And so she gets our attention, and she looks at me and us and says these words, don't squeeze the toothpaste from the middle of the tube, squeeze it from the back. Now, I'm stunned. I had to have had this deer-in-the-headlight look. I'm trying to process 
How does this information going to benefit me going into the future? What part of God am I missing here? And before I could put it all together, she says to us again, the volume was up a little bit higher. The message was a little bit more intense. And she looks at us in the eyes and says, don't squeeze the toothpaste from the middle of the tube. Squeeze it from the end. And she was waiting for a response. And so we're like, okay, okay. Now I learned something that day. In fact, my life did change that day. I'm still telling that story some 50 years later. But what I learned that day was that there are some times where adults do not have the right priorities in life. That sometimes older people don't think right. And so I started to understand that maybe their level of value system just has a different kind of set of rules and kind of an understanding than I do. And so look, I'm just compelled. I have never asked this question, but I think mankind wants to know. How many of you squeeze the toothpaste tube from the middle? Okay. How many squeeze it from the end? Now mankind knows. Now listen, I want you, now listen, I'm going to be challenging you today. I want you, when you get home today, I want you to take a picture of your toothpaste tube, and I want you to post it, and I want you to tell people, in fact, I've got that question, I want you to tell people, I heard a message today that was titled, Toothpaste Christianity. And I want you to think about something that I believe the Lord wants us to consider. And I just kind of chuckled at this because I see the Lord over the past couple of weeks asking us to, you know, before we would leave the house to anoint ourselves with oil and just to, you know, bring the presence of God into everything that we do. And now the presence of the Lord is asking us every time we reach for the toothpaste, he wants you to think about something. See, Jesus on a regular basis would talk to people and remind them of the things that are important and the priorities that we should have. And somewhere in this message, you're going to start making the connection that you probably have some toothpaste type of priorities in your life that don't mean a hill of beans. That we are worked up about things that just don't matter when it comes to the things of eternity. We're all worked up over things, or we set priorities on things, or we're even passionate about things, like this pastor's wife, who with, I can still see her face, just intensely telling us kids, don't And I think to myself, what a unique way that the Lord has today to try to help us understand what important is, what priority should be. See, this very group that I mentioned last week, this Matthew 7 group, 
is the very group that called me out of the auto industry to come into the full-time ministry. When I felt God's heart that there was actually people that call themselves Christians, that set certain priorities to them that absolutely have no value in the kingdom of God, and that some of them are only going to find that out after they breathed their last here and they stand before God there, there was something that compelled me to say, Lord, can I help change some hearts? And this whole passage out of Matthew 7, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just got a couple of verses. But there are things that Jesus wants us to consider today. And I pray that God just impacts you greatly so that when you're walking away today and maybe even the days ahead, every time you go for your tube of toothpaste, that you're being reminded of, is this really important? Of course, brushing our teeth was important. But you, you get what I'm saying. The things that you're worked up about, the things that you have set as priorities, the things that you think are good, are they really important? for the kingdom of God and your eternity and what God has called you to do. So Matthew 7, just a couple of verses, 13 and 14. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. If you jump down a little bit into verses 21 and 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is probably one of the scariest passages in the Bible, in my opinion. It's scary because of how we view spirituality and how we view salvation and how we view our relationship with God. And we get confused on a regular basis that the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that may be tr flowing through us to bless others or to help somebody else or in, in some incredible activity that we translate that, that, well, I must be okay in heaven. I must be good in my relationship with Jesus. Or even being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I'm going to challenge some of you right now. That is not a guarantee that you're going to heaven. Never once did Jesus tell his disciples, you know, if you just get baptized and speak in tongues, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh-uh. The baptism of the Holy Spirit has always been to go and do what? The will of the Father. I've talked to a lot of people, several people, living in open sin, and I'm not going to describe what the sin is, speaking in tongues, worshiping in the Spirit, seeing their hands raised in church. 
And I've seen this over my life, and I've been wondering and asking the Lord, how is this possible? And yet the Lord, 2,000 years ago, said, look, there's going to be a group of people. They're going to get hung up in salvation based on what they do or what they think they are doing for me. But they have no relationship with me. And one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen is when somebody in a right heart is coming and seeking something from Jesus, and there's a minister or a person who ministers power by the Holy Spirit that absolutely meets that need, and yet it comes through a vessel that is absolutely separate from God. I've had more prophetic words, maybe not more, but I've had many prophetic words given to me in the auto industry from people who never stepped into the church. It's because the Holy Spirit would use people in authority or people around me. And for those who are close to Jesus, how many of you know this? You hear something and you absolutely know that the Lord is speaking to you. This toothpaste Christianity, in fact, this is something I want you to think. I always talk through, um, and, and if you knew my past, on what caused me to come into the full-time ministry, um, I always hit the very thing that is separating people from Jesus. And this main point, toothpaste Christianity brings order on a path leading away from Christ. In other words, those people who are putting false priorities in their lives actually give themselves a sense of peace that what they're doing is literally leading them away from Jesus. Yeah, I knew it would be quiet right about here. Friends, listen, hearing from Jesus is not for just a few people. Hearing from Jesus is for everybody who accepts him as Lord and Savior. The standard of salvation, if there is one, is knowing him and hearing him. And being with him and walking through things that he leads us in. The systems, the priorities, the activities that we do that Jesus has no connection to are things that we do because it makes us feel better. They're things that we do because we feel that they're important. So Jesus must think they're important. I mean, this has been a bizarre thing. I mean, I've, I just, and for those of you who have been in a church for a long time, you've probably seen it. To see people who can say in their, with, their, with a smile on their face that they love Jesus and yet not have any evidence in their life of sacrifice or overcoming. In fact, we're living in a time right now where the church is changing theology. And they're starting to take things that were in the Bible and say, well, you know what, that's really was for that time. It wasn't for this time. And so churches are actually teaching that the Bible needs to be rewritten because it just doesn't fit in our culture. And I'm like, that's toothpaste Christianity right there. 
As I've prayed for the church over these years, I had the Lord say to me something years ago. It just was so profound. When I was asking him, Lord, how is it that people do this? How is it that they can be so close to the things of you, but no, have no relationship with you? And he said this to me. He says, people try to be good so that they don't have to deal with me. People try to be good so they can justify who they are. They can say that they're Christian, but they have no evidence of following Jesus. I know my messages are a little intense, and I know they bring you to a place of examining your heart. And friends, let me tell you why. It's because the staff here at Bethel, we're contending for your souls. We know that today could very well be the last Sunday that the church is on the planet. And I'm overwhelmed with the amount of grief when I hear Jesus talk about the parable of like the ten virgins where they all represented the church, but only five of them were ready. I mean, that's, that's staggering. Imagine 50% of the church being left behind because they weren't followers of Jesus. Now, I don't know where you are, but I could tell you how you could easily measure it. Is there sacrifice in your life? Are you facing the cross that Jesus is leading you to? Are you playing games with him? Do you really think that he's winking at your behavior? <laughs> Sometimes it comes on me. See, the justification, let me, let me just go here with you. The justification for toothpaste Christianity is, is in this passage that the enemy has slightly twisted for the church. Here's the passage. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also pro provide a way of that you could stand up under it or provide a way of escape. How many have heard that passage before? Here's how the enemy has twisted that for the church. He has taken away the word temptation and he has placed in it life's challenges. And I have absolutely heard people, no matter where I go, I've heard people in the church say, well, God will only give me as much as I can handle. That's an absolute lie from the pit of hell. See, if you buy into that, this is talking about temptation. Now, if Jesus doesn't stand opposed to Satan on our behalf, there's no way we can stand under it. When it comes to temptation, but when it comes to challenges in life, God throws you in the deep end of the pool every single day. He's not giving you the ability to do your life without Him. But when you buy into this, you get up in the beginning of the day and you say, well, you know what? I don't need to go pray. I don't need to foster a relationship with Jesus. Why? 
Oh, because God's only going to give me what I can handle today. In other words, God's making me in control of my world. So I can just go do well. Of course, I'll tell people I'm Christian. And once in a while, if I'm surrounded by the right people, I'll whisper the name of Jesus to people. But I'm pretty good. Why? Because Jesus is only going to give me as much as I can handle. That, that lie has absolutely cut the strength out of the church today. There is never place in the Word of God where Jesus says, I'm going to allow you to do the Word or to do life by yourself. I'm never going to give you enough to do things on your own terms. No, Jesus went to the cross so that he can be in relationship with you and I in every single situation. And so that when we wake up in the morning, just like we were being challenged with the anointing oil, we wake up in the morning, we have the mindset is, Lord, if you don't help me today, I'm not going to make it. If you don't help me today, if we're not in relationship today, I'm never going to make it. That's the life he's called you to. Toothpaste Christianity, though, is on the other side of it. They're determining their own path. They're telling Jesus if it's too difficult, oh, Lord, you must not want me to do it. Oh, Lord, you really wouldn't ask me to give up my job or to move. You wouldn't really ask me to, to speak your name to my boss. You wouldn't really ask me to take a stand on social media against the bizarre beliefs of this culture. You wouldn't really not ask me to do it. After all, Lord, you love me. You're going to take care of me. That's not Jesus at all. <laughs> Jesus is like, no, no, we're going we're to walk right into hell. But I'm with you. You don't have to worry about it. We're going to walk right into the very thing that's opposing truth. But don't worry about it because I'm going to be with you. I'm going to walk you into places where you're going to risk your own life. But don't worry about it because I've got the power to raise you from the dead. But Lord, what about my reputation? Lord, what about our money? Lord, what about the, you fill in the blank. That Christian is not going to make it to heaven. Like one amen? Oh, okay. <laughs> Pastor Rich was getting ready to fire me. <laughs> I can feel it. Listen, this, this is some serious times that we're living in. This isn't times to play games. You can't look back into the 70s or 80s or 90s or 10 years ago and think that God is going to treat you the same today as he did back then. He's not. He's leading you to something new. If you're not walking a path that you have never been on before, I've got news for you. You're in charge, not him. You're in charge. I got to this place in the message, and the Spirit of the Lord said this to me. There's somebody hearing this message right now, probably in this room or maybe online, 
The Lord has opened up an opportunity for you to be a part of a civic organization. I don't know what the role is or what the position is, but you have been resistant and you are getting ready to say no to that because you don't think God is in it. And God is saying to you right now, I have opened a door for this. Yes, it's going to be risky. Yes, your reputation is going to be on the line. Yes, 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 but I'm in it and I want you to follow me in it. That's scary stuff. That's scary stuff. But I'll tell you, for those of us who are following Jesus, it's not that that gets, not that it gets, what's the word I want to use? It's not that it's always so peaceful. (laughs) It's not that it's always so, you know, I know what the end result's going to be. But there's something about the master's hand that when he's on you, you say, I don't know what's going to happen here, but he's here. I don't know what's going to happen when I walk into my manager's office at General Motors and tell them I'm quitting. When I know that what's at risk is that in about 30 seconds, two big guys are going to walk in the room and they're going to take my credit cards and my uh, access codes. I was paying myself and, and, and all the authority and responsibility I have and literally throw me out on my ear. But I just knew Jesus was there. And so I began, I didn't even have this, but I began to tell that story to the manager on why I was not retiring, but but quitting, um, giving up the golden handcuffs. I mean, Colleen and I walked away from millions of dollars. We just walked away from it. And I thought to myself, um, Lord, this is pretty risky. And as I began to talk Jesus in that office, uh, the manager that was listening to me um, began to shake, and he was shaking so violently he couldn't. He had to hold on to the desk because he was being flung back and forth. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I just kept telling him my story. I said, Jesus is calling me into the ministry, and I don't know what this means, but I'm letting you know that I'm resigning from my position here. And as I was just telling the story, and he was being flung back and forth on his desk, he finally said, Bill, are you seeing what's going on with me? I said, yeah. I said, but Jesus just came in the room. And just with tears down his eyes, he said, Bill, he said, there's one thing I absolutely know about you right now. He said that you're supposed to be a minister. And General Motors is going to do everything it can to make that happen. So you write your own ticket, however you want to do that. Now, I didn't know that five minutes before I walked into that room. Five minutes before I walked into that room, I was being fired. I was being thrown out. My access codes, computer systems, payroll, everything was going to be shut down. But Jesus was there. Now, friends, that's a nice story for you to smile about, but i got to tell you, he's not treating me any different than he's treating you. This isn't about what pastors do. This is about the people of God. And you're going to have to decide today. And you're going to think about every time you go for that tube of toothpaste. What really are my priorities? Here's the passage that I want you to think about. And I'm going to close with this. Here's the passage of followers of Christ. And I'm going to read it in the message. 
And it's Luke 9, 23 through 27. Then he told them what they could expect for themselves. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What good would it, what good would it do to get everything you wanted and lose you, the real you? If any of you is embarrassed with me and the way that I'm leading you, know that the Son of Man will be far more embarrassed with you when he arrives in all his splendor in company with the Father and the holy angels. This isn't, you realize, pie in the sky by and by. Some who have taken their stand right here are going to see it happen, see with their own eyes the kingdom of God. Friends, Jesus is leading us all the time to the cross. It's not supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be impossible. It's supposed to be impossible. There's no way we are going to follow Jesus without his spirit and without him. There's just no way. And so I can make fun of a pastor's wife who in that moment, the very, the most important thing in her life was making sure we squeezed the toothpaste out in the right way. But I got to tell you, there are people in this room that it's just as silly the things that you think are important when it comes to Jesus. And I want us to give them up. I want us to let them go. I want us to actually be happy Christians, <laughs> not depressed, not full of anxiety. I actually want us to walk in the power and the love of God. I want us to get up every day and I want us to say, Lord, where are you leading me today? I mean, really, this past year, Texas? Texas, Lord? Although I'm starting to rethink it a little bit. Yesterday when it was a little cooler, I drove out somewhere and I saw two people with hoodies and a hat and gloves and their dog had a coat on. And I looked at the temperature in my car, it was 46 degrees, and I went, Hey, I might like Texas winter after all. I mean, if this is winter, this is, this is pretty good. But I don't know what God's called Colleen and I here to do. And it's not up to me to know that. I'm following him. I'm following him. Friends, listen, the time is close. And I want us to give up all the goofy nonsense that we've held on to, especially in our walk with Jesus. He's either leading you or you're trying to lead him. And I'd like you to give all that up today. I really would. Let's not just feel, I'm going to just, Marco and the worship team's going to lead us here in a minute. But I just wonder, how many of you right now are facing a challenge that you know that you absolutely don't have the answer for. And what's in you is to try to retreat from it. There's like two of us. Yeah, there should be. 
How many would love Jesus to come to the scene? Listen, don't turn back from this. Let the Lord do in you. I don't know if we'll ever be together again, but we have this moment in time. So let me just pray for you. Lord, and listen, if there's a challenge, just raise, your, raise up your hand. Lord, Father, would you help us with what we've defined today, what you've defined as toothpaste Christianity? Lord, the things that just aren't important. They're just not important. Lord, help us to lay them down. Help us to lay them down. Help us to lay them down and pick up your priorities. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name. Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.